Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to Car Stuff, everybody. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I am Ben Bolin. Hey, Ben. Hey. This, is, uh, this is one that... Uh, Boy, I don't know how to approach this because this this one kind of covers several different vehicles in one. But uh, I think the founders of this company may may argue a bit. Yeah, is it is it's, it's a unique yeah. vehicle, that's for sure. Right? Is it a boat? Is it a submarine? Is it under certain circumstances a plane? Ah, that's what I've heard. I've heard is it a, <laughs> a plane? Now that's that's probably the the strangest one. But uh, boat submarine, I can kind of understand, but. Uh, the, the creators of this craft are clear to point out that it's not a submarine. Right. And the reason that they're clear to point out that it is not a submarine is because a submersible um, would be – well, it, it is submersible, right? Yeah. But it is not a submarine. That's sort of like water-resistant versus waterproof. That's right. All right. You want to break the tension here and tell everybody what we're talking about here because this is – if you haven't ever – the title doesn't really give away what it is. No. Um, it's, it's called the Sea Breacher mm-hmm. and it's made by a company in, uh, Redding, California. Um, it, it called Innospace. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Innospace. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, it's called, it's called the Sea Breacher. It's also called the Dolphin Boat. Because it looks like a dolphin. Uh, it, I'm serious. It looks like a dolphin. It has a cockpit with, uh, seat in the front for the pilot of the vessel and then it has a passenger seat in the back and you know it's pretty tight quarters in there tandem seating tandem seating of course and i love yeah i think it's cool i always think it's cool too man it reminds the sea breacher reminds me of remember those voltron maybe i'm dating myself here voltron had these toys Mm -hmm. these little cat things and you could put a uh, person inside the cat right yeah i remember and it's sort of – it's a similar idea but in real life. And this is not – you know, this thing, you could say – some people could say that this is a rich person's toy. Uh, definitely. 
Definitely, yeah. Say. I mean, this is not uh, it's not something you could just run out and pick up if you don't have a decent amount of disposable income, really. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a fan of uh, the, some of the shows on Discovery, you've probably seen this covered uh, with the interesting tagline, for less than the price of a brand new BMW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depends on what series, I suppose, because uh, mm. the price is a little bit steep. There's a, there's several models. We'll get into the, you know, the yeah, ins yeah, and outs yeah. of the model in just a moment, but um, there's several models, but they start right around, This is, again, starting. This is not heavily modified. This is not the top end or anything. Mm-hmm. Around $65,000, Ben. Yes. 65,000, the, that's the J model. There's an X model that they make, which is, uh, around $81,000. That's the starting price Mm -hmm. in that one. And then there's a, uh, you can get custom built too. Yeah, custom built also. Yeah, so, so that those prices are, again, that's just the entry Mm -hmm. level. Um, different features, paint schemes, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, there is a, uh, as far as I know, yet to be formed Aqua, Aquatic Racing League, rather. Oh, man. Aquatic Racing League. I was going to save that for the end. Oh, I, no. I'm super excited. No, yeah. you didn't blow okay. it. We well, should spend some time on that one. Okay, we will. Uh, but there is a, uh, there's no price limit on this one yet. I mean, no price tag on this one yet, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, not that they're making, you know, apparent anyways. Right, right. They're keeping just it, it up. So what do you get for the money? Okay. Let's, let's jump into that. For the uh, standard J model, uh, what you get is this submersible craft that can do about 40 miles per hour on the surface of the water. Um, and, when it submerges, it goes under, it can go up to 20 miles per hour. Now, this is interesting. When we talk about the submerging, um, I guess we should talk about how this is modeled after dolphin swimming, uh, the way dolphins swim. Sure. It looks just like a dolphin when mm-hmm. it's in the water. I mean, it, it appears to be one in its shape. Yes. Uh, yeah. by the fluid dynamics that, you know, that they've used around this to build this thing. But, um, honestly, it, it really does act and look like a dolphin in the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got – I guess what we should emphasize here uh, is that you should check out one of the videos that you can find on YouTube or something to see this guy jumping yeah, around. Yeah, you have to. You, you have, have to, to because uh, otherwise you're not really getting a clear picture of what we're talking about. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's impressive. It really is. It's uh, it's about, what, 16 feet long, something like that, yeah. 16 and a half feet long. This is a big – Big uh-huh. vehicle, really. It weighs thirteen hundred and fifty pounds, which sounds like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but that does have. I mean, it has a four-stroke engine in it too. Yes. Um. So it's not, you know, a lightweight by any means. It's a big vehicle, but uh, very, very agile. It has a. Should we talk about the engine just for a moment? Yeah, let's go into the engine because uh, this is kind of interesting. I mean, or, how about this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it a different direction first because all right, we need to, we need to describe the vehicle itself and then, and then how this all works together. Yes. Um, so this thing, it, it looks like a dolphin. It has a canopy, uh, which is like an aircraft, really, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. seals with, um, what did it have, inflatable seals, I think, like an aircraft? Right, yeah, it, because it, okay, so it looks like they've taken the cockpit of a, a jet or something and have taken all the plane parts out and put some fins on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it looks... Um, like, I don't know. We could go into the controls and stuff. It's sleek. Uh, they, they do custom painting, but you can, I've say the custom painting. I guess I'm running over my own words because I want to talk about how cool it was that they had the one painted to look like a shark. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 You can find photos of these things and mm-hmm. some of them are just amazing. The way they look when they're coming out of the water because they do 
breach the surface like a dolphin does. So mm-hmm. it, it goes fully underwater. It comes fully out of the water. I mean, maybe the tail is still in the water at one point, but that's about right. it. The, where the, uh, um, it, it's a jet unit that, uh, you know, so it's like a, a water jet that powers this thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, like a dolphin and a jet ski together. Yeah. If you can picture yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's what the, uh, the discovery video said. I think they yeah, said yeah. it's like crossing a dolphin with a jet ski. That's pretty accurate because, um, it, it just behaves so much like a real dolphin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible the way the guys, these guys have done this. Um, it's these- not quite as flexible because the tail, uh, the, the body doesn't undulate. No, it's a, that, it's a rigid body. Yeah, it's a rigid body. It's a rigid body. So it does take some trick, uh, you know, trick driving to get this mm-hmm. thing to launch. And apparently that's one of the hardest things to do, uh, is to get it to launch out of the water like a dolphin does, like to play like a dolphin. Cause you really. have to build up the speed. It, exactly. And you have to know just when to plane out and when to, when to submerge, when to, to I guess reemerge. I don't know what you call that. Yeah. Uh, to breach, I suppose. Yeah. Um, to, to make this thing and the action is, is porpoising. It, they call it porpoising. So, <laughs> you know, I love that one. Man. I know. You know, I was thinking of, uh, you know, I was thinking of this, Ben. This is a, this would be a good tagline for them. The purpose is to porpoise. How's that? You are hired. They can use that if they want. I, I want to hire you to yeah. write taglines. <laughs> yeah, sure. So anyways, this thing, and it has controls almost like a, uh, to me, this thing almost looks like a, uh, the, the, the cockpit of a helicopter. Yes, and I was thinking the same thing. And you have to use your hands and mm-hmm. feet. Both mm-hmm. hands, both feet are required in order to to make this thing do what it does. Um, you know, it can it can dive, it can jump, it can roll, which is another cool thing. This the rolling ability of this thing. Because remember, you're sealed in this canopy. You can you can drive it with the top open. Right. You yeah. Can cruise around on top of the water like you would in a boat. And uh, apparently you can you can even you know make it roll a little bit you know turn and sure. not not completely over of course with the canopy open but um, pretty quick I mean I've seen speeds listed up to fifty miles an hour on top of the water that's for the Sea Breacher X ah. and you can also um, that also goes about twenty five miles per hour under the water. Uh, so wow. f- for that extra, what is it for that extra almost 20 grand, uh, you do get an extra 10 miles above the surface and five. <laughs> Very good. Very good. The water. Well, it, uh, but the, when you have the top closed, when you have the canopy and you're sealed in, you've got the, the inflatable seals activated like these aircraft seals, you can do rolls like, uh, like dolphins would roll, which to me, that's pretty awesome. It's, it it's like so a corkscrew cool. move, but, um, so cool. again, these controls, they're, they're like a, like a pilot has, they said they've got three axis of control. Mm-hmm. You've got pitch, uh, roll and yaw. So that means that you're able to maneuver this thing up, down, left, right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it even has reverse, Ben. This thing has forward and reverse, which I think is kind of cool. Neutral, I, of course. I was trying to think of a situation where someone would use reverse. Uh, maybe at the dock. Okay. Or maybe, um, you know, when you're unloading this thing, because you can put it on a trailer mm-hmm. and you can haul it to the beach or wherever you're going to launch it from a, a standard boat launch. Um, and that's kind of the funny thing about some of these videos is they're hauling this thing on a trailer through town and people are just, uh, ter- breaking their necks looking yeah, at it. They go to the gas station. Of course, it, ga- you know, a crowd gathers around this thing as they fill it up because, um, it does take just standard unleaded gas. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a 14-gallon tank, but um, it's definitely a conversation starter when you pull into the gas station with something like this. Mm-hmm. And we also, uh, when we talk about the engine, mm-hmm. we, one thing that we need to emphasize is how the engine and the diving and the difference between submersible versus submarine yes. all connect. Yes, that's right, because this is a standard four-stroke engine, really. Mm-hmm. It's, a, uh, it's just like you would find on a jet ski. 
Um, so I'm sure you look this up. It's a it's a Rotax engine. Mm-hmm. And Rotax, if you are you familiar with Rotax at all? Uh, it's kind of it's it's different in that this is an Austrian engine maker, an Austrian Austrian engine manufacturer. But these engines are are extremely reliable. They're used in aircraft. They're used in um, you know if people are building their own little uh, gyroscope or not gyroscope. Um, Gyrocopter. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen them used in this. Um, uh-huh. Of course, jet skis, airplanes use them. Of mm-hmm. course, um, go karts have used them. I don't know. Just there's a whole list of it. You can put a Rotax engine in just about anything, really. Um, but it's, it's it's a reliable engine. That's why they chose it, mm-hmm. um, and it fit the bill because it's it's been used in other applications with these jet thrust, uh, you know, like jet skis and things like sure, that sure. that require use in water. So- um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to uh, talk over you, man. But we, so let's talk about the diving with the engine. Now yeah, we know about yeah. the Rotax. Well, how does it do it? Right. Okay. So the Sea Breacher is positively buoyant, which basically is uh, Scott and Ben's fancy way of saying it floats. Mm-hmm. And so, to in order to dive, the driver has to, or excuse me, the pilot has to build up speed. And then take the controls after achieving this threshold of speed, sort of like the DeLorean Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, uh, take the troll, the, I guess we, they look like fins, but technically they work like wings, right? Sure. And so they, they use the fins, um, to push the vehicle under the water once it gets, uh, once it gets enough power. Now, the, typically these things can dive Typically, they dive a few feet below the surface. Yeah, about five feet. Five feet is like the top for that. Yeah. And that's because – and this goes into why it is submersible rather than a submarine proper because the engine needs an air supply. Mm-hmm. So if you go too deep, if you go past five feet, you know, which I'm sure I would do on the first weekend playing with this Probably. thing. Probably. Then the engine's going to cut off and you're going to end up popping back to the surface. So five feet under – where does it get the air from if it's five feet under, though? Ah, excellent question. Uh, prize for best question goes to you, Mr. Benjamin. It is a snorkeler. A snorkeler. Uh-huh. There's a snorkel in the fin. That, like, like a big dorsal fin thing? Yeah. Is that yeah. where it's at? Uh-huh. It makes sense. I mean, it's 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 the highest point on the vehicle, of course. Sure. So logic. And, and again, if we're saying that this thing just goes a few feet under, like it – you have to know what you're doing, I think, to get it to five feet. Oh, is, I would. Is what sure everybody's that. implying. Yeah, yeah, to keep it level too. So I you're mean. you're mo- more likely to still have the tail fin up, sort of like Jaws mm-hmm. or uh, a submarine surfacing. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. So, but with it being positively buoyant, I mean, that means that you need thrust to dive, right? Right. So if the engine supply or the air supply rather gets cut off the engine. That means that this thing just pops back up to the surface, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the engine kind of stalls out. It, it it ceases to produce that thrust that you need, and it yeah. just floats right back up like a cork would, right? Uh-huh. And the other kind of cool thing is that, you know, if you dive too deep and you're too steep, there's a possibility of this thing going up backwards. In that, yeah. <laughs> not, and I don't mean upside down, which right. – you mean tail first. Tail first, yeah, to the surface, which would be kind of abrupt, I guess, if you're going pretty quickly and you mm-hmm. dive under. I mean, you're going 20 at least underwater. 50, yeah. then 20, then zero. Uh, <laughs> right. That would be a little bit shocking, I think, to your system. But, um, you know, once you get this thing figured out, I guess it's it's a lot of fun to drive. But it takes 
a matter of it, it takes days. There's a days mm-hmm. learning curve to this type of thing. You have to you have to get uh, skilled in the in the um, abilities of this vehicle, really. Right, because the because the steering system is so different from what you would see on a typical boat. But the the neat thing is you don't need a special license to operate these oh, watercraft. Cool. You you just need um, in their FAQ on their website they say. Um, you need a good understanding of boat operation and safety. They recommend that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which is, you know, which is a little bit vague, but they also, if you if you buy a custom built sea breacher, they will also train you to drive it. Okay, or that's pilot cool. it. That's cool. Um, you know, they mentioned that they bring out a chase boat also with them. Yes, you have to. They they emphasize the the um, not necessity, but they strongly recommend quote unquote uh, a support boat whenever you operate them. And this is, they say, and I wanted to see what you think, thought about this. I meant to ask you off the air. Um, they say that the reason you need the support boat is not because of any danger with the sea breacher, but basically you need someone to run interference for the other boats in the marina or the, Wherever you're at, that may get too close to the the breacher. Sure, eyes above the water, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you're if you're diving and rolling and and a, you know kind of, I guess frolicking like yeah. a uh, like a uh, a real dolphin in the water, um, you may not be paying attention to people coming up from behind or from you know like the you know your blind spot, I suppose, trying right. to get a closer look at what this thing is because. It's so unusual that it is going to draw a crowd no matter where you go. And you're just corkscrewing across the surface. You're not going to be able to keep your eye on the other vessels. No, no, exactly. And, you know, I think it's a good idea to bring someone with you. But this thing, I mean, it sounds like it's getting more and more expensive, Ben, as we keep talking about it. Now you got to have a chase boat <laughs> along with yeah, you, yeah. right? I right. guess I suppose this is for people that already have a, a water toy. Uh huh. You know, a boat of some yeah. kind of ski boat, whatever. Um, but, you know, there's some other interesting hey. things about this thing. I mean, it, you know, it's interesting enough that just the way it behaves and the way it acts. And they're talking about these competitions that they may have. They, oh, they actually yes. were mentioned um, possibly in 2010. What, what else do we know about it, though? Uh, we, as far as what else we know about the sea breacher, let me add a downer real quick, oh, and then sure. we'll, we'll pick it up. Um, it's I was I was chuckling. Uh, Scott saw me chuckling over here while we were, while he was mentioning the cost, mm-hmm. because there is another cost to the sea breacher, which is, of course, let's say you go, oh, Scott and Ben, thank you for the awesome tip. This robo dolphin is just what I need. And then, <laughs> yeah, and so you order your, uh, let's say you be, you're reasonable, you order a J model. You don't need that extra 10 miles an hour. And uh, they will ship it to you in a 20-foot shipping container for the bargain basement price of between $3,000 to $6,000. Really? Wow, so that's already, a lot. yeah. Unless but, you drive up to pick it up. But, you know, I noticed that that, that price, I'm, I'm going through the FAQ too. Yeah. Um, they do ship them outside of the USA. Now these are, these are, they've already shipped these all around the world. Really. Yeah. These aren't, um, we've, we've had listeners write in before who ask us, uh, if we, we're, when we cover a model of something that is like, um, a concept vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've had some folks who are disappointed that they can't buy one. Unobtainium. Yes, yes, yeah, they're right. unobtainium. So, so, yeah, these have already, I mean, these have been shipped already. Of course, you're here in the United States. People have picked them up and bought them already. Sure. Uh, but, you know, they've been, they've been shipped to Korea, the Caribbean, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates, according to their FAQ. And, 
you know, again, this three thousand, you know, three thousand to six thousand shipping. Mm. I guess that comes with the territory. You're going to buy that. You know, if you're going to buy a car and have it shipped, you're going to pay that kind of price too. Yes. It's just a matter of getting something on a boat in a crate and having it delivered, and you know, all the processes involved with mm. getting it, you know, to where it needs to be. Um, the other thing is that uh, we'd mentioned. You know, I want to mention one thing is that mm. uh, safety in yes. this thing is because uh, we mentioned this positively buoyant. Well. As a matter of fact, and I hate to say this about any vessel, but yeah. it cannot sink. Right. It's foam layered, you know, it's 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 uh positively buoyant. Um they claim that even if it's completely flooded, now you've got the canopy open. Right. Okay. And it's completely flooded, um it will you know, so it's up to waist level inside, mm-hmm. it will not sink. And in fact it, it can roll over, but it will it will right itself. It, it floats yeah. the proper way so that the canopy is up. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly how this works, but if the canopy is closed, I suppose there's a way to get it open from, there's a way from inside and outside. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. handles to pull, you know, safety releases uh, that allow rescuers or, you know, for you or them to open the canopy if, you know, something bad does happen. And breakaway fins. Yeah. And the nose section is collapsible. Uh, it's, it sounds like they've got everything, you know, the... I's dotted and the T's crossed on the safety. Yeah, definitely. They're not, they're not treating it, um, dismissively at all. Because if you think about the idea of a vehicle like this, which, um, is quite original, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you think about the idea of something like this, the worst thing that can happen to any newer mode of transportation is an accident. Mm-hmm. So you have to emphasize the safety. Like, uh, I was looking into Zeppelins. A while back. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, most people are familiar with the Hindenburg disaster. You gonna pick up your own Zeppelin? Not anymore, man. Okay. (laughs) Not anymore. Um, but wouldn't that be cool? To dock it at the top of the building here? Oh, we could dock Zeppelins and then we could have like sea breachers in the canopy so we could just launch them. Very nice. It's a little bit unsafe, but I think it'd be Eh, really cool. Moderately unsafe. See, that's the thing about the sea breachers, Scott. I, you know, a lot of times when we talk about uh, specialty vehicles, we get to the point where we say, okay, this is cool. I don't know if it's for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't think that I would enjoy this idea more and more because this is a podcast, you guys, that we were going to, we were going to do earlier. Um, and we're getting to it, uh, we're getting to it a little bit later than we had thought, which means that we've been inundated with, videos of sea breachers and, and reading about them. And I got to tell you, man, I didn't think I was going to say it, but they're awesome and I want one very this much. Is a, uh, this is a common trait among people that watch these videos or, or read about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing they say is I want one. Yeah. In fact, our producer uh, just said, you know, Tyler just said, he looked it up and said, I've got to have one of these. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't blame him really. I mean, uh, the, the writer that wrote our article for the site, um, you know, she said, I, I've got to have one of these things. And yeah. I, I looked at it and I thought, well, maybe you know, it would be fun to rent one. I, I don't know if I want to buy one mm-hmm. uh, myself. You you think you would purchase one of these for uh, for your own use? I think I would. I think I would rent one. I don't know if I would do it right now, um, much to my girlfriend's chagrin, because when she saw the video, she said, oh, let's get one. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, See? 
I hate to say no, so I always say it, not yet. It looks like a blast, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it the does. thing. You mentioned you mentioned renting. Yes. Um, and as far as renting versus buying, now if you do buy one, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get one immediately. And there's a reason is that they they don't build them without having an order first. Which is um, a smart thing to do. They're all custom built. And mm-hmm. so they have been built. They have been shipped. They're out there. They're proven. They're, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's in the works. Um, more than in the works. It's, it's done really. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as mass producing these things, you know, with just, uh, a general specification, they're not doing that. They're, they're custom building each one. And we mentioned the X model that the difference, I guess, is a, um, it's, it's heavily customized. It's high performance. It's supercharged. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's the difference. Supercharged engine. Um, now they do have terms for financing the build if you want to get one. Now we mentioned that there's sixty thousand dollars or sixty five thousand or sure. something like that, or up to eighty, even more. Um, they take a thirty thirty percent deposit, twenty percent upon engine installation, which, which makes which, sense, I guess. You it's know, interesting. It makes me think that they're that's when they pay Rotax. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're fifty percent in at this point. Then they have a twenty percent. Um, request that you have to put in, you know, an additional 20% in upon um, installation of the operational controls. So mm-hmm. all that, you know, the controls we talked about that are like a helicopter almost. They look yeah. like a helicopter. Um, and then finally, once you pick it up, uh, you pay the remaining 30%. Uh, and that is after you've taken it out for a trial drive and made sure that everything is good with it. And mm-hmm. they, they take you out and kind of train you in how to use this thing. Mm-hmm. And so, at, at that point, the ocean is yours. Yeah, well, <laughs> the the mild ocean, the moderate ocean, I guess, because it's not really yes. for use in in heavy waves and things like that either. It's it's mm. good for salt water. It's good for fresh water. Yeah, which is kind of cool that you know you can use it mm-hmm. either one. Um, but um, you know, if you're going to use this in the surf, I guess that's not a good idea. They say it should be more. I want to say tranquil, but that means like a ple- you know peaceful lake setting, and you know it right. gets a little bit rough, but yeah, um, not in the heavy heavy surf. Yeah, this is not something that you would pilot into a tsunami. No, no, definitely not, and uh, not anywhere near like coral reefs or anything like that. Sure. Because uh, the unseen dangers, I guess, once you dive under, that's the thing, Ben. You know, like when you're using a, a boat. That's the only thing that's really holding me back on the excitement about this thing. Really, I like it. I think it's cool, but mm-hmm. um, it have to be on like a lake where you knew how deep it was, and you knew, you know, there were markers clearly. And no swimmers. Exactly, yeah. Um, and maybe even no, um, you know, no other water skiers or anybody that would be left Ooh. behind a boat for a short amount of time, um, that you couldn't see. But yeah, I, I would be afraid of diving under and finding, you know, the, the, uh, coral reef that was just below the surface. Oh man. Do you, uh, but, so you do want one? I think I would, yeah, but I, it's, it's tough to say. That's a lot of money for a toy. I'd like to rent, you know, I'd like to rent one. And as of right now, you can't really rent any. They don't have any place that you can rent mm. one and try it. But they do believe, uh, they are in talks with people to create rental centers. Wouldn't that be a good moneymaker? I think I would be great. Cause I, I think if, imagine if you go to a resort mm. and they've got these next to the jet skis, which are you probably going to go for? Oh, come on. I, I know. Yeah. I mean, and, I think you would try it. I think that, you know, in a, in a vacation situation mm-hmm. and you're there at the waterfront and these are available to rent and I'm mean, sure it's expensive probably, you know, because they got to recoup all that sure, money. Sure, yeah. But it seems like this could be a lot of fun in a resort town or, you know, just a, a rental opportunity. And especially if it's in a resort town where you can see racing, uh, sea breachers, man. I, because when I read about, uh, the, that the idea that they're, 
they would like to in the future have something sort of like a Formula One mm-hmm. race with sea breachers. And I think that would be so cool. But my my questions, of course, go immediately to the nuts and bolts of it. You know, what kind of engine can you put in this? Yeah. How how much how much performance can you get? How can you increase the dive and increase the jump? Mm-hmm. And then how can you do it safely? Because we don't want something like something like this with too much power mm-hmm. and not enough technique on the pilot's part could become pretty dangerous pretty quickly. Could be. But the interesting thing about the, the competition to, to me is that, you know, they're talking about a model that's going to be able to, de- to dive much deeper. It'll yeah. have a, an air air supply reserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you imagine? That would be really cool to be able to dive 20, oh, yeah. like 20 feet, 25 yeah. feet, 30 feet. Uh, that would be really interesting. Especially if you pick up speed and use the buoyancy coming back up. Yeah. How far in the air? Oh, you should be able yeah. to just shoot way into the air. Yeah. But the, the, uh, the thing is that like, you know, if you're talking about these competitions, the, the interesting thing is they could have obstacles that you can go over and under mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, items that you'd have to hit in the air. Like say you'd have to do a dive and, go and then a big ring or and something. And then a porpoise where you'd have to go through, yeah, exactly, yeah. through through a ring or hit a ball or whatever it would happen to be. But there could be these these tests along the way. Yeah. And uh, it would be an interesting race. And we've got a, a pretty cool podcast, not to toot our own horn, we got a pretty cool podcast on how important racing is to uh, innovations and in vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could very well see a sea breacher thing like that. Oh, sure. They could, they could gain so much knowledge from racing these things, you know, that talking to the drivers and what they, yeah. you know, boosting performance or, um, you know, just, just refining the controls a little bit. Um, I gotta say, man, it's, I, I'm almost done with this because it's, I'm, I'm moving past that point of being excited to talk about these to being sad that I don't have one. You know what I mean? I understood. Yeah. You wanna, you wanna drown our sorrows in some listener mail? I would. All right, Scott, Paul writes in to us from Ontario, and Paul says, Hey, Scott and Ben. Uh, that's it. Hey. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. He, uh, Paul, Paul uh, is writing to us, and, uh, and I'll read this briefly. Um, I work for an automotive supplier in Canada. The division I work for supplies most of the auto companies, GM, Ford, Chrysler, Honda, Toyota, VW, Nissan, etc. Um, and... He says in our Toyota podcast, which I get the sense he liked, he says the one thing about Toyota that you didn't touch on is probably one thing that maybe isn't so obvious, and that's how they treat their suppliers compared to all the others. It's very difficult to become a supplier to Toyota for a few reasons. First, they seem to own portions of most of their suppliers, so they keep it in the family, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, And then he said the most impressive thing about the relationship is their loyalty to their suppliers. So like one of the larger companies, he said, for example, a larger car manufacturer may abandon you to save a penny per part. um, And over the course of the year on a high vehicle volume vehicle program, that'll save them about $1,400. And he said Toyota will stick with you and continue to give you more business uh, to help you grow and maintain stability over time, even if it means paying you more. But uh, he also said, like he's telling the story. I'm not going to read the whole email, but he's telling us the story about what his uh, what his company went through to be able to qualify as a Toyota uh, supplier. And this is over a three year process where oh. Toyota finally was trusting them more and more to three establish years. a full supplier. Three years. Three years. So it's a very difficult uh, relationship to enter, mm-hmm. but once you're in. It's very good, right? It's yeah. very, very solid relationship. 
and he says, if you have a problem, you as being a supplier, not a customer, they will send a team out and work with you to fix the issue. No finger pointing, no blame game. Their goal is to fix the issue and move on as quickly as possible. Very nice. Which is, uh, nice. which is an interesting thing. Now, Paul, Paul also, uh, touched on this. This is a pretty long email. He touched on, um, some stuff about chop shops and, uh, some, some other interesting facts about Toyota. And Paul, I'm sorry we can't, uh, Sorry, we can't read the uh, entirety of the email, but thanks so much for writing into us, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you'd never hear that stuff outside of you know somebody who's involved with yeah that so uh, so intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, three year process. That's incredible. Oh yeah, over three years. It starts, I think, with a a small program to test the water. Wow. He says. Wow. But, Very impressive. Um, and speaking of listener mail, stay tuned, guys. Uh, Scott and I have loads of it to answer. We might even do an entire episode uh, coming up on a little series we do you may have heard of called Nuts and Bolts. Ah, the return of Nuts and Bolts. Don't call it a comeback, as they say. Um, So we're going to go ahead and head out and collate and collect our listener mail papers. And uh, while we're doing that, tell us what you think of the Sea Breacher. Tell us what you think of other awesome small watercraft that you'd like to hear about. Hit us up on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. We've got a blog. You've heard of our website, little place called HowStuffWorks.com. And you can always send us an email at CarStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.